Hey, it's Sunju. And it's Sunjit. And this is all over the place. One, two, three, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. If you're new here, please be sure to check out our previous episodes and we hope you like what we're doing and continue listening. So for this week's episode, we want to address what students are doing for mental health. Student government has been a major part of speaking for students all across the nation and has contributed enormous amounts to mental health resources in schools. So today we have two county SJA members to speak with us today, Shairi and Mahi. Hi guys, my name is Shairi. Um, I'm the president of MCR SGA, which is our countywide high school student government association for Montgomery County. Hi guys, my name is Mahi and I'm the current treasurer of the Montgomery County Regional SGA and I also serve on the MCPS Social Emotional Budget Advisory Committee. Okay, yeah, so um, I guess we'll just get right into the episode. So um, the reason why we wanted to have you guys on is again to like talk about um, what the SGA is doing for mental health right now and how it looks like in MCPS specifically, but it also goes on to other um, public school systems. So first, like our first question would be how it has student government contributed to mental health resources? Yeah, I mean, so basically like in MCR, we do a lot of things that, you know, have to do with student advocacy. So we pass legislation like within our own executive board to either um, support or not support specific legislation or ideas or topics that, you know, students um, really care about. And one of the other really huge things that we do is we train students to testify to the Board of Education. So whether it's the Board of Education or the County Council, um, when they are debating things like what needs to go in the budget, right? Like um, we train students so that they can testify and we send members members of our board to those meetings to testify. And a huge topic that comes with that is mental health resources and more school psychologists and things like that. So we kind of help students really give them a platform for their voice so that they are able to advocate for things such as more mental health resources. Um, Mahi, I don't know if you want to talk about like um, work groups and all that type of stuff since you're on a bunch of them. Yeah, so like Shari said, we work to really connect students with these opportunities in our county um, and just working to ensure that like we're keeping touch with SGAs across the county to ensure that, you know, their students, you know, per school are doing well is something that we also work to do through, you know, our school communications department. Um, but we also have something called mental a mental health task force, which works on specific policy issues within our actual organization. And then we also there's also something that exists. Um, and those are called Board of Education work groups and committees, right? And so I touched on one of them, um, you know, when I said I served on one of them. And so Board of Education has these work groups that like are for specific policies. Um, and some of them are for mental health. So the one I talked about, that one deals specifically with social emotional learning in our schools at the primary and like secondary levels of education. Um, and then there's also the budget advisory committee. And that one is the one that's really beneficial because you can work to reallocate funds. And so these kinds of work groups are always being created constantly. Um, you know, you can always reach out to, um, you know, different SGA, your SGA advisor, you can reach out to anyone you know in student government um, to try and see ways to get involved in them. Um, but it's a really great opportunity to work to create direct change. And what we work to do as MCR is connect students with those opportunities. Um, so that's mostly what we work to do in terms of mental health resources. Okay, so would you say that schools now more than before have more access to this? Like how much would you say that has increased over like, let's say the past few years? Yeah, for I mean, sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Shari. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I think for sure. And especially because 
after COVID, I think mental health is something that is being talked about a lot more and it's working to be destigmatized because of that. And so, um, you know, even as just an organization, it's been qu like a quite a lot easier to be able to testify for more mental health resources like wellness centers, um, something that's being worked on because students want it. Um, psychologists are something that they're looking to uh, hire. Um, and, you know, currently they're looking at a bunch of different, um, you know, possible policies in terms of like telehealth, et cetera, for students. And so because of the destigmatization of mental health after COVID um, and student government and these students constantly testifying, um, I think there really is a lot more, you know, mental health opportunities and like resources available now than there was before. Um, like I would say just like in just like a two year difference between COVID and like before and after, I think there's like a hundred times more resources and it's being, try it's, at least they're trying to communicate it a lot more than they were before. Well, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So let's say like taking resources like psychologists and stuff, obviously um, that's not going to come for free, right? So how would you say student government plays a role in like funding allocation? And obviously like students testify all the time, but do you guys ever like get hands on with like uh, how you propose like funding for these projects? Yeah, definitely. So that's a big thing that comes into like, um, you know, when you're testifying to the Board of Education. So basically the Board of Education has budget hearings where before they're deciding the budget, they let you testify. Right. So the more powerful that testimony is, the more likely it is, um, you know, for that funding to get put into the budget. But like kind of like what Mahi was saying, the more direct hands on stuff happens in those work groups where like you're literally sitting face to face with, you know, the heads of all the like super important um, departments in MCPS, the head like psychologists for MCPS, things like that. And that's where you like straight up can make a plan with those people for how we're gonna you know fund this and what's the most efficient way that we could do this and what's the most plausible so like i think definitely just those work groups and just training people to testify so that their like testimony is um as as beneficial and persuading as possible really helps with that and you know things like for example this whole small process has become so much more publicized like hana's been doing a great job and because of those experiences that are now more publicized more students know about it which means more students push for it and the more students that are pushing for an issue the more likely it is that the county is gonna listen you know and really try and try hard to make that a part of their priorities um let's say one quick thing in terms of like an organization, we usually, I know Shire touched on this before, but whenever we have legislation passed, like there was one that they bring up that our legislative affairs department brought up regarding excused mental health absence days, um, which is currently the house bill. What we work to do is also like when we host our own, you know, legislative like days and advocacy days to like advocate for these specific bills, what we work to do is connect students directly with legislators and policymakers to try and get those bills passed at like the house um, like in the House, like the Senate. And like, that's also like the work that we work to do. Um, and I think that that also helps push for like budget reallocations in an indirect way. Yeah, I, I would say that that's, I, I would say like testifying seems to be like a very major part of acquiring these mental health resources. So is, is it like anyone can testify or is it like, do you guys have specific representatives to go testify on the board or like can students just basically just ask MCR to, um, wait, just to clarify, guys, MCR is the countywide SGA in our county. Um, so, yeah, would you say like anyone can testify or do you guys pick and choose people who are testifying? How does that work? Anybody can testify. And I literally like I cannot emphasize like the number of people. And it seems like a very daunting experience for sure. Like when I was first getting started, like I would not want to go up there and just speak. But it's an amazing experience. Anyone can sign up. And how it works is like 
a couple of days before the actual testimony hearing, like through the Board of Education, you can sign up online, like on MCPS's website. You just have to keep track of their public hearing dates. And usually their um, testimony date to like sign up opens a couple of days earlier than the date of the hearing. And you have to sign up. And if you're providing testimony, they'll ask you to submit like a written version or um, ensure that you have like, email. if you're, you can submit written testimony, video testimony or testify in person. Um, and so like, it's really flexible because even if you don't get chosen by Board of Education to testify in person, you can always send written or video testimony, which makes it really accessible um, for those students who know about the opportunity, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, also, you guys were talking about um, psychologists, right? School psychologists. So I know one thing like we mentioned in our podcast is that at least for like me, school counselors, like I know their role was supposed to be that students are able to come to them about whatever problems. But I feel like I never really felt that connection with any of my counselors in any of my schools. So how did you guys like really deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably like, I think Mahi would agree to one of the like number one problems right now when it comes to mental health resources, because like, you know, counselors are just so overworked, right? Like the counselor to student ratio in most first schools is just insane. And when you have a counselor trying to deal with like hundreds of students at once, obviously they're not going to be, they don't, there are, there are only so many hours in the day and there's only so much they can do. And to add on to that, when you have counselors who are you know, in charge of schedule changes and things like that more than actually supporting their students. Yeah, like you're not going to feel support. And I think that's one of the huge problems in our school system where like students don't think that their counselors can help because a lot of times they are so busy and you're supposed to have a school psychologist and every school does. But, you know, they're a lot of times they're part time or they're shared between multiple schools. Like being completely honest, I've never even met my own school psychologist, you know, yeah, so that's one of the biggest things that like um, we've been pushing for this year is to increase the amount of school psychologists in school so that, you know, if counselors are busy with scheduling and more of that academic administrative work, then you can still go to your counselor or to your psychologist because, you know, it shouldn't be that a student's having a crisis, but everybody's too busy for them, you know, like they should be able to feel like they can go to their counselor or their psychologist for help. I do want to say one quick thing. I think that hiring psychologists has been a huge problem for like quite a while now. And it's because it's not because we don't have budget reallocation set in place for them, um, which is something that I really want to emphasize because a lot of students, when they advocate for mental health, they're actually advocating mostly for more psychologists, but you can't hire any because there aren't any in the um, workforce to hire. And for that reason, what they're actually looking at right now is implementing a telehealth service, which allows students to have access to someone who can help them um, no matter where they are, because it's a virtual format of receiving help. And so that's something that I hopefully when it's implemented work is work to like publicize to all students, because again, those counselors are overworked and there aren't enough psychologists um, or wellness centers in every single school. Um, so that's just one thing. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. Like this idea that uh, psychologists are overworked. It's like, you know, court appointed lawyers and stuff. Like as soon as I guess the government gets involved, I would say like there's a bit of skepticism that would be involved. So how would you say that like at least for like student concerns and um, like like mental health issues for students itself, how easy is it for students to kind of just reach out and figure out, you know, how to proceed? in terms of at least like local government testifying or in any regards like obviously you guys were mentioning uh you guys are connected with each and every like school sga 
So personally speaking for me, like, I guess maybe like I'm unique and like, I don't really talk to my SGA much, but like, I wouldn't exactly know how to proceed if let's say I wanted to, you know, testify, right? How would you say, you know, that process works just from like a basic student level? Like what would they have to do to kind of reach out and figure out what to do? Yeah, I mean, not to plug ourselves too much, but like if you like follow MC, uh, MCRSG on Instagram or even just send us an email, which is mcr.sga.gmail.com, like we'd be more than happy to connect you because yeah, a huge problem is that students within their own schools, right, don't even know that they have an SGA or what their SGA does or even what MCR is. And that's obviously something that we're slowly working on fixing. But um, if you guys ever are like want or have questions or want answers or anything we already have a bunch of resources on our instagram on our youtube channel which is also i believe mcr sga like a literal like how to testify workshop um that we've kind of put out there so that if you just scroll through and you find those things you're able to at least get a sense of um you know what you can do and then you can always reach out to me or mahi or anybody else on our exec board or our officer team um who'd be more than happy to help you Hannah's another great resource our smob who's always more than happy to help and she has a bunch of resources on her page and her website and everything as well so it's kind of just like finding that point person or finding that like website or instagram or whatever that can kind of connect you um and you know we're obviously always working to make it more accessible because it shouldn't be that you have to find somebody you know you should be able to know about it but obviously that's something that you know hopefully we'll get closer to in the future also kind of like a google search will do too like if you kind of just search up like um like student leadership opportunities and mcps like on google like word for word i'm pretty sure mcps has this like database um with like a bunch of different organizations and like points of contact and then from there you'll find those like you can click on them and stuff you'll find the databases of those like specific organizations and then people from there um it kind of gets easy um but yeah again I think just reaching out to whoever you know can directly help you like Hana is a great resource like Shari said and then also just like a google search will do yeah so um you guys have been talking a lot about like what um mcr has done in general and i'm not even gonna lie like i did not know that our like student government was doing this much which is like crazy so obviously i'm getting educated right now too so what do you guys think are like some of the largest things our county sga has done for mental health so far mahi i'll let you take that one good question so um i think a lot of the work is done has well at least has been done by the mental health task force and this is kind of a self-plug because I was the coordinator who oversaw it last year um but I think again it's really through those work groups because when we connect students through those work groups they're able to create actual tangible change which is how everything happens um and so some of the things is again a social emotional curriculum which is something that has been um implemented for all primary students already and it's something that's being used to um, you know, train admin to be more equipped to handle, you know, mental health and students. Um, something else is a screening tool that's supposed to be implemented over the course of the next three years. That's something that's going to be used to identify students who are struggling that, you know, normally wouldn't come out and talk about their own mental health. I think something that's really overlooked in terms of mental health is the mental health of students from different demographics. But then also realizing the fact that not every student is going to feel comfortable reaching out for that help. Um, and so that's what's really going to be helpful. Um, right now, they're looking at implementing wellness centers at every single high school. Um, only four out of our 25 high schools has one. And I think that says a lot. Um, but they're really working to ensure that, you know, there are psychologists and people available. And then again, that telehealth program. 
all this stuff is stuff that happens through student government because it's students who are testifying to get these different things and have these different ideas that would help support students like them and other students and their friends and their peers. Um, and I think that that is what really makes, um, you know, MCR, just student government in general, really, really impactful in terms of mental health. Yeah, honestly, like, I think it's pretty amazing that there's so much student involvement now. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, pre-COVID, it was not this much of student involvement, I guess. Like, at least I didn't see that. So it's pretty cool that, like, there's so much student involvement with, like, the testifying and everything. And honestly, like, that makes me wonder how the board responds to that. Like, are they very open to um, the test, like, the testifying and passing these bills? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, especially very, like, you know, recently in the past few years, like, a lot of MCPS officials have started really valuing the student voice, you know, that's why, like, there's so many different work groups that, you know, a student can sit on and to testify where, like, a lot of times what'll happen is after you testify, even if it's your first time, board members will actually email you and they'll be like, hey, I really loved your testimony because blah, 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 and things like that. So they genuinely do value hearing from students because at the end of the day, right, like we're the ones that will be affected by their decisions. Obviously, we're still not where we'd like to be in terms of the amount of, you know, um, importance that the student voice is given. But I think definitely in the last few years, um, there's been a huge um, just increase in the amount that board members are more receptive to, you know, student testimonies and ideas and visions and things like that, because they realize that, like, you know, we are competent and we do have good ideas and things that could be implemented to actually help us get a better education at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we've been talking a lot about, like, MCR's goals and visions, but how about you guys personally? What are, what are, what is your, like, visions and goals for the future of student government in terms of mental health? I mean, I think that one of the big things is just like making sure that students have the resources that they need, you know, like I just I just feel like it's tough, you know, like I think we all know just how tough high school is on its own and how mentally draining it can be. And then, you know, if you're put in circumstances, like if you have, you know, a like tough home life or things like that, where you are really struggling, that it shouldn't be your burden to try and navigate like high school on its own, but then also feel like you don't have support. So I think genuinely just like figuring out the most effective ways that like students can just get the help they need, you know, like how you guys were talking about earlier about like, you know, not feeling like you can go to your counselors, like that should never be the issue. Like you should always be able to go to your counselor. And if you need help, they be there for you because you know it's tough as it is I think that the whole point of the like school system is to support us and to give us the best education you like we can get and if you're struggling mentally you're not able to fulfill yourself and like fulfill your potential academically so just making sure that like MCPS is supporting students in however they can so that we are able to do our best so that like our graduation you know everybody's graduating everybody's able to complete high school and complete school and not failed because of mental health reasons that could have been prevented if we had the support we needed. I think honestly, in terms of like student government, just student advocacy in general, I would want to see it be a lot more accessible and kind of diversified in terms of like who's able to really push for like agenda, like initiatives, right? Because I think every student should have that like opportunity to advocate for like the issues that they face in terms of like mental health. I think like Shari said, right, like ensuring that we're working to have those mental health resources available to all students. Um, 
one thing I do want to say is I am some like I'm someone who suffer, suffers from anxiety. I know a bunch of different people do. Um, and so that's why it's been such a big driving factor for me and my advocacy. And I know that if there, you know, there's hundreds of students that, you know, who knew, but if they knew about these opportunities, I think that they would definitely get involved. And I think that for that reason, just really working to ensure that we're pushing out opportunities for them to talk about their mental health in these spaces, but then also at like the just the testifying like the policy level um ensuring that in the longer term again we have enough if not more resources at every single school um again like those wellness centers um you know not only have them be implemented at the high school level but also look at like primary levels because i think if we look at like education and just teaching kids how to be stress-free from earlier stages it also works to destigmatize mental health um and then an overarching thing of things, just like looking at reframing grading policies and stuff like that in our system, as well as like the calendars so students have like more days off too. Because I think one thing we've seen this past year that has worked has been like the additional half days that Hana has been able to get like, get us. And I know now they turn like snow days like technically into virtual school, right? And I'm sure like I know that like Unjans and Jana, like Shari, you, you too, um, like you have like you. I'm sure like you guys all feel the same about like having those days off, it's really helpful. So what I want to work to like, see in like long term is just making sure that we continue to have that flexibility. Yeah, and honestly, like, I completely agree, because, you know, um, I feel like a lot of people can't afford therapists either. Like a lot of people, every high school student struggles with mental health one way or another. And a lot of people can't afford therapists or maybe their parents don't believe in therapy. Like there's a lot of things and even like wanting to get a therapist or wanting to get that help is also really challenging and accepting the fact that you should see a therapist is challenging. So like not being able to go to your counselors kind of sucks. Like it would be nice to have counselors that are more um, engaged with their students, but obviously like, you know, there's what, like three or four counselors in every high school and there's so many students, so they can't tend, like they can't help every single student all the time. So yeah, it would, it would be really nice to fix that issue just cause you know, not everyone can afford therapy in general and people turn to um, resources such as school counselors so that they, that's how they can deal with their mental health issues. Yeah, I think the whole the whole snow day thing actually just sucks. Um, yeah. Like the whole, you know, like we have to go to school. I think I think snow days provide like an effective mental health break. And it's not only that, like I know a lot of schools have been actually trying to incorporate mental health, but it hasn't worked. Like actually our um, our computer science teacher was telling us about how uh, like a bunch of teachers were basically pushing to get Wednesday as a half day. Um and it just didn't work out because schools were so adamant on this idea that, you know, we have to go to a mandatory amount of school. And like a bunch of teachers have started trying to incorporate some amount of mental health, like accommodation for every student. Like um, I know Sanju, like for our like um, our English class, right? Like every Wednesday for us is a work day. And in Poolsville, at least uh, there's like something called uh, Falcon Advisory Time, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's basically like 30 minutes off where like, you can do whatever you want. I'm not sure. I think Ishan told me something at RM called like rocket Thursdays or something. No, Nada, you really be yeah. trying to copy our school, bro. Mm. We have rocket refresh every other Wednesday or like every other Wednesday or like 
at least a few times a quarter where like um, on that day, teachers like in every single class are like not allowed to assign new work or give tests. So like it's basically a work day, which is like really helpful. Um, so yeah, so that's been like super helpful this year, I think, because like I don't know about you guys, but like last year, like being virtual, having Wednesdays off was so nice. And it was such just like a needed mental health break that like yeah. I'm glad that, you know, schools are still trying to do things like Rocket Refresh or your Falcon advisory time and things like that um, to at least, you know make that transition a little bit easier but yeah you know what's crazy they actually got rid of our advisory period for at, like at Northwest wow. you know, oh, yeah wow. that's what I'm saying it's like it's crazy and it's like it's almost like I feel like they don't want me to succeed because like <laughs> bruh like yeah and here's the thing Anjan I think you brought up a good point because they don't like think about teacher mental health either because I know them teachers be struggling too because like they don't have enough time to like grade and plan everything either and like having those half days, like those virtual days really helped them too, which is kind of like just putting things into perspective. Like, again, like that's a, it's another reason why like some like those counselors are overworked, like yeah. beyond like extent. So I think that's like genuinely like one thing they need to look at. Yeah, no, even our comp side teacher was telling us that too, that, you know, the half days were so helpful for him to plan everything for the week and he was like ahead of planning and everything and he had time for um he he like works as an emt too so oh, he wow. had t- more time to do that and honestly like i think our school the funny thing is a lot of our teachers like really do not support the board of education and a lot of things like um our english teacher yeah she does do work days and she was even like saying that a lot of teachers were pushing for um the board to let you know Wednesdays be off or Wednesdays be like a work day every single week for students and teachers so that they can focus on that and honestly it w- it's been so helpful like whenever it's Wednesday yeah. I'll just go into English and I'll be able to study for whatever test and I won't have to stress about some new um assignment in AP Lang because AP Lang is low-key hard not gonna it lie is yeah. <laughs> I um, hate that class don't remind it sucks. me yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing actually is like the the like during virtual learning, we actually had Wednesdays off, which I thought was actually really refreshing. I thought it was a really good idea. And obviously, everyone has different opinions about virtual learning versus in school learning. Like that's actually a, like what the topic of our first episode of season two was about. Um, and like I loved virtual learning because it was very like. I guess asynchronous. That's literally what it was. And like Wednesdays were off. I thought that was really good. So. I actually had high hopes over the summer. I was like, okay, maybe MCPS will like strap up a little. Maybe we'll have Wednesdays off and like, you know, that would be kind of cool or like at least half days. Cause I know a lot of like counties do that. I remember like Seattle, some of my family friends stay there and like they have like a half day on Wednesday. I just thought that was a really good idea because it's in the middle of the week. I I don't know, like how, how plausible do you think like something as big as that would be in terms of like a change in county school schedules? Yeah, so I mean, no reason. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay, um, I was gonna just say that the reason that, you know, we they turned like snow days virtual and like the reason that they're unable to have these additional half days is because like it's state mandated that you have to hit a number, a certain number of like like school days that every single student attends. And they can't the be asynchronous. Is, they have to. Yeah, be like- and they can't be asynchronous, which is like the biggest issue. But the thing is, 
I think that like genuinely they can work to like just reframe like the calendar. And I know this kind of, this could clash in terms of like where some people are on the county regarding like taking some of those weeks off of like summer break. But here's the thing though, like genuinely asking, like, do you guys like feel that like near like the end of like your summer break, y'all start to get like kind of tired of just like being at home every day or just like doing nothing? For yeah, sure, for yeah. Sure, yeah. And like from the student perspective, that's what I'm saying. Like from a student perspective, I don't think there would be a problem from taking some of those days off and reallocating them throughout the year to have more of those half days and like additional days off, which they can like they can definitely do that because you're still hitting the number of required like minuted days. Um, so it's kind <laughs> of just like that's one thing that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because like honestly, like I don't know about you guys, but like at some point, just the weeks of summer start to blend together, you know. So like, oh my god, yeah. If, like if you're if we have like one less week of like summer break, but then we have more days, you know, sprinkled throughout the year that we could have half days or off or virtual or asynchronous or whatever. Like, I feel like that would be so much more helpful because like I don't know about you guys, I get so excited every time there's a half day or like a professional day because it's such Same. a good break. Yes. So, like, that would just be a, just a better option. I think that would be so much better for, like, students' mental health. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I, what Anjan was saying about virtual school, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I liked that Wednesdays were off, but I didn't completely like virtual school because, like, okay. personally for me, like, I like in-person school because I can see people around me, and I'm the type of person where, like, when I'm struggling mentally, if I'm like kept busy or if I have people around me, that kind of distracts me from my own thoughts. So that that like helps me a lot with my mental health, like being around people I care about and that care about me. And that kind of reminds me that, oh, I'm not alone. But when I was doing virtual school, I was just like sitting in a corner, like doing virtual school and I couldn't see anyone because it's quarantine. And I literally felt like I was so isolated and like, cut off from the whole world kind of thing so I really like the fact of seeing people in person but I really wish that we did have you know those asynchronous days and I would much rather have you know a few half days like Wednesday half days or just Wednesdays off uh, rather than like having a longer spring um, summer break yeah well also like you can even have like a hybrid format like I don't think there's like anything wrong with having both a virtual academy and then also having like in-person school because I think one thing that they have to like realize is that like after COVID a lot of students got accustomed to like the virtual format and like like students learn differently like in terms of like the way they learn like with their senses that's different and there's also like you can learn some students like learn better like through the virtual format like I think Unjin I feel like you kind of touch on this you might learn better versus some you're like you know like I kind of need that in person but I feel like you could like they could work to have both because last year they did have a hybrid format yeah I think I think that's like I always thought like a hybrid format seems like at least like it shouldn't be ruled out of the table um and I was actually this year itself right um I thought like the whole thing where like MCPS created that like that that five percent benchmark rule and then they just kept continuing opening schools like they literally removed it like I, I thought that was pretty unprofessional like I, I feel like we've we've created a virtual infrastructure you know good enough to accommodate like times like this basically so I, I always thought that was like at least really disappointing on like a student side of things um and yeah. I also yeah I also have a, like I guess a question for you guys like during our virtual school last year um you know how how did like student government handle like uh, student mental health and um, like over that time period when everything was virtual. 
Yeah, definitely. Before that, one of the things that like, I'm pretty sure I read up on um, was apparently teachers don't like hybrid. And I think like the teachers union had like pushed to not have a hybrid um, format because they felt like it's kind of, they aren't, you know, being successful in either like area. So I think that's one of the reasons that like MCPS has been, you know, not doing that. Um, but like, yeah, like Mahi was saying, like we have a whole virtual academy now. And like, I think it would be so easy to just live stream classes and stuff like that to make it easier for students. Um, but in terms of like student government, I think honestly, like one of the better things to come out of the pandemic, like, you know, in terms of student government is just accessibility has like exponentially increased you know because one of the like huge problems that we would face um pre-covid and still do but um that we really faced was just like inaccessibility to student advocacy because all these meetings were in person and we tried to make them as centralized as possible right by being in rockville and things like that but because our county is so huge you know things like transportation and stuff like that would become a huge barrier for students to get involved but like after COVID, we transitioned for a whole year into virtual um, meetings. We're actually having our first hybrid meeting this, like, I guess when we're filming this, this Thursday, which is super exciting. But like, we've, we transitioned to virtual, which made so many more students able to get involved and learn about MCR and student government and SMOB and things like that. So that's definitely been like a great thing where like, we were able to reach more students that like, have been historically left out of the conversation. And, you know, we're planning to continue that virtual option for you know the near future and you know because it's been so effective so that we are able to get more students involved and that transportation or stuff like that aren't a barrier to like you know being able to advocate and just like um advocate for what you believe in yeah and, and like, like sorry go ahead <laughs> all right sorry um I was gonna say like why like Anjan said that you know MCPS kept pushing you know the five percent rule they were like oh never mind and took that out so like why is MCPS so against virtual school, I guess, like, um, and would much rather have it in person? Because another thing that, like, was really good about virtual school was, you know, even on Wednesdays, we had that day off, but there was also office hours, which I thought was so helpful because in that way, we can talk to our teachers and communicate with them in a way, like, it was way easier to communicate with them than in person because so many students are trying to talk to them. But in office hours, you know, you had a set time where you could come and talk to your teacher one-on-one -on -one and get the help you need. So yeah. why exactly is, like, MCPS so against virtual school? Yeah, so the thing that, like, has to do with that is basically we've seen a huge loss of learning over the, like, you know, year in the pandemic. Like, if you look at it, like, you know, even being completely honest, right, standards were lowered so much for us. So like a lot of the things that I learned last year, you know, Spanish, for example, or classes like that, that do need, like you need that foundation to build onto it for the next year. Like I felt like I struggled at the beginning of this year, you know, because like being virtually virtual, at least personally, was harder for me to learn and actually grasp topics. And I think another thing is like, I would say all four of us are just really privileged, right? Where we have a good home life where like, you know, we have a good computer and a good place where we can take our Zoom classes. And, you know, we have all those resources and don't have to worry about childcare and things like that. That's another huge thing that so many parents dealt with the fact that like, listen, I need to go to work. Who's gonna watch my kid while I'm at, you know, work when it's a fully virtual thing. So I think there's been a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of, um, pros and cons to both sides which is why you know they started the virtual academy which is basically where you can be and it's like basically being enrolled in a separate school that is virtual for those students who prefer like virtual learning um but then you still also do have to take into account students who might not have a great home life or parents who might not have childcare, where 
they depend on schools, not only for childcare, but also for food, right? Like um, to feed their children during the day and stuff like that. So I think, you know, for us being in from a privileged place where we don't have to worry about that, it makes sense. But I think that MCPS also has to consider, you know, the students and those families that do depend on school for those basic necessities. And like, not only did it impact like the learning and just like the life of like lower income com like communities, but also like we completely overlooked the learning of neurodivergent and ESOL students. Like they did not have the same resources. They were not getting the same educational opportunities. And so in terms of just equitable education, having just the virtual like format was something that just wasn't beneficial for our, all students across the board, um, which is why a lot of there was a lot of like pushback from the community and that's why Board of Ed Education really wanted students to be in person. Um, they continue to want that to ensure that we're not continuing to have that learning loss like Shari said. Yeah. Um, Sanji, yeah, do you have I think any? That's, I think yeah. that's all the questions we have. Um, thank you guys so much for yeah, um, being a guest, being guests on right. our podcast. This is our first like two guest episode. So Indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Thank you guys. Of Thank course. you for having us. But yeah, yeah, I think um the whole point of this episode is basically to tell students like use your voice and um obviously like sign up on the um MCPS website to testify and to advocate because everybody has their own issues and everybody has um different things they want to talk about. So I guess like use your platform and speak up for what you believe in and what you want to see um, change in the public system, uh, the public school system right now. So I think, yeah, that was really cool of all the things that MCR are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so if you do you guys wanna add anything, Shari and Ma Mahi? Yeah, I mean, thank you guys for having us. And then like any of you guys who are listening, like if you do wanna get involved in student government, like feel free to, email us at mcr.sja.gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at mcrsga or just reach out to Mahi or, I or anybody that you might know in your school's SGA or whoever. Because like, like Sanjay said, you know, um, we want to help students utilize their platform and be able to advocate and use their voice. Because at the end of the day, the decisions that are being made, you know, of, like by adults are going to be impacting us so if there's anything you want to see in your school system then I would highly recommend getting involved like it can definitely be scary you know like I think we've all you know felt a little intimidated at first but I promise you it's such a great experience and like just the whole student advocacy world is like super supportive and passionate and, like a one big family so like I would definitely recommend getting involved. And I think like, like Shari said, we're always accessible as well. If you ever feel that you're having difficulty navigating the world of advocacy, don't know how to testify, um, you can always reach out to anybody you know in advocacy. Um, if you get involved in like MCR or just any of these organizations, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of, um, I would say grassroots organizations as well. I'm going to plug some other ones like Mocha for Change and Meco Steps who do a lot of equitable um, education work along with, you know, MCR. And so get involved, right? Because it's truly an amazing experience, even though it seems like a daunting one, like Shari said. Um, if you don't get involved, you're really just never going to learn to, um, you know, take those steps and learn to be a better public speaker. Um, you learn a lot of valuable skills getting involved too. It's not just an opportunity to create change, but you meet people across the county um, and learn of various issues as well that you never knew about. So it's a learning curve for everyone. And, it, you know, it was definitely a daunting experience for people like me and Shari as well too. So don't hesitate to get involved. If you have any questions, reach out to us. Um, and hopefully, you know, you'll be at some board 
of education, um, hearings, testifying for some of the things that you're passionate about soon. Yeah, um, thank you guys so much. And yeah, thank, um, you thank you guys so much for listening too. So uh, I guess we're just going to say like, follow our insta it's at all underscore over dot the place and also when this um episode comes out we're also going to tag shari and mahi's instagram so if you guys want to dm her dm them um different questions that you have or reach out to the email that shari stated um shari what's the email again mcr.sga at gmail.com yeah so reach out to um any of those people well mcr email or shari and mahi if you have any more questions or want to get involved in the process which is obviously encouraged um so yeah thank you guys so much for listening and new episodes every wednesday so see you next week bye bye let's go